we're live. All right. Well, so better tell the strip pole story later from the cruise. But, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, we're live? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I know uh, your cruise. wife was thoroughly enjoying the fact that you climbed on the stripper pole. So, yes, that's it. Exactly. Now, nah, the, the cruise. <laughs> you didn't was... see it going that way, did you? <laughs> uh -uh. The cruise was friggin' awesome. It was. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, you get to eat like a king. You can pick from 500 entrees and choose as many as you want. I just, you know, it's just prime rib every night if you want. It's just, uh, it's a it's a lovely experience. How many steps did you get in on your uh, crypto? Actually, worked out every night. Every afternoon nice. we worked out. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm up to burning like uh, doing a treadmill for 700 to 1,000 calories at a time now. So. Good for you. Yeah, Killing that's it. nice. Killing so it's about Killing 60 it. minutes, right? Uh, yeah, doing, it, yeah. Uh, doing an hour. Last night I did an hour and 15, something like that. Nice. Yeah, so it's good. Well, so were you paying attention while you were gone, or did you miss all the action? Oh, time? I was paying attention. All I was right, chomping at the bit to fucking talk about this shit that's happening. Well, are we it's, talking about uh, particular tokens? I mean, because – no, I, we're talking I about anchor. I did talk about regulators. Oh yeah. Well, let me go with the fun stuff first. Um, I, everybody saw define was at two cents and you know, I wrote that to nine and a half cents. Nice. Did you take Bailed. profit on that? Oh yeah. I took half of it. Sweet. And then when I saw it drop to eight, I dumped the rest. <laughs> so like... That was there. I guess that was all on their version 2.0 at launch. I haven't yeah. looked at it yet. Have you looked at it? No, I was, you know, what else I was looking at was Spirit a lot. Their V2 is really cool. And I know you hey, know those awesome. guys well. Yeah, they had some nice them. moves. Matrix moved well. Um, Anchor moved well. I mean, everything basically was up 150 to well, 250% at different points last Anchor week. Anchor so. moved because, hold on, let me find this. Anchor moved because of this. Uh, yeah. Binance Labs invested. So that's that's a big deal. Um, yeah, that had a nice, nice surge. Um, but yeah, just lots I, of fun. I mean, you know, like you, I saw all the regulator stuff too. So why don't you go into that? Because I would like to sort of. Right, well, let's look at the market overall. Still sitting at uh, Bitcoin's at 24,244. Everybody, you know, that I know that's bearish is saying, yeah, yeah, this is just a bear rally. Um, this is coming down to 10 or 13 or whatever. But, you know. Maybe. 20, Popping back and forth between 23 and 24, uh, ETH's at 1920, fears at uh, you know fear and greed's at 45. But you know, um, well, I, I did read some summary saying how uh, how Ethereum is really dominating right now. But um, you know, it's uh, well, it, there's a you know there's two things on that. I saw a lot of speculation that I wasn't paying attention to enough. Just. I guess a lot of people really are buying for that forked token. Um, yeah. I have been. And I didn't really, I, mean, I kind of wasn't really thinking of it as much as like the BCH argument. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Which it did, you know, that turns into money. So that was one thing. But the other thing back on the, you know, I look at the macro a lot because to me it's all still flowing that way first. You know, China comes out, it cuts interest rates yesterday, today last couple of hours, something like that, which to me, when you look at what's going on with the dollar euro and, and interest rates, uh, attracting flows of capital, that tells me there could be, you know, another uh, exodus of Chinese money out of their system into us and, and hopefully European uh, 
instruments as well. So, you know, all of that flowing into keeping the stock markets up, which keeps the economy, you know, looking good to everyone, um, which feeds to risk on, which feeds to crypto. Yeah. So, you know, I used to see a lot. I'm kind of really leaning more upside now. I mean, sure. Yeah, we could have that be correction. I still think we are more likely than not to have that. But I don't I don't see it going into prolong deeper at this point. You know, yeah. how do you feel? I, you know, I, I, I give up guessing. I, I gave up. I just look, I feel very good about what's happening right now. I've been taking profit here and there on some of the things I'm in selling off a little, you know, moving stuff around, but you know, I feel pretty good right now. We'll see what happens. But uh, I, I like, I like what's happening at the moment and I'm going to live in the moment. So, well, there's so much written up and different, threads about the, the New York buying and what that means and how much evidently the institutions came in to buy to get the ETH fork coin and have been sitting there. But evidently the rally over the last couple of weeks was being driven primarily by retail, mm. which I was surprised by. That is surprising. Um, and that was the one thing that hasn't happened, well, was happening earlier, but isn't going on right now is that the whales evidently have been on the sideline for the last couple of weeks. Um, and if they could join the party at the same time as retail, then we do tend to get a upward, you know, a, a, a more weighted directional play. Let's put it that way. So I think that's kind of the next thing that everybody's watching. Uh, what is their next behavior? And right. I think it's, you know, it's hedged by what you say about, you know, what Sean says, what a lot of people feel is that, you know, 13 or something like that, or 10 or 15 or whatever. Um, I think that's lingering in people's minds. I, I, I don't know. I don't I know. Guess. And again, Look, Bitcoin versus ETH versus all the other stuff. I mean, I saw great yields all over the place on farms out there. Yeah. And either DeFi game sees you back in play. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, it certainly seems to be happening. I, 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 I've been very pleased with some of the yield stuff I'm doing. <clears throat> and so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I like where things are right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to be positive and as much as I can, considering the other things that are going on um, and considering the other things that are going on, that the market is still climbing upwards is pretty impressive, right? Yeah. When you look at um, this shit, you know, the the OFAC sanctions on tornado, um, you know, it's really easy to blow this off as well. You know, they did it because the North Koreans were laundering shit through there, blah, blah, blah. And that's always kind of the argument that they make about encryption and about everything else that, you know, that ensures privacy for people. But there are a lot of people that are using this for things like Russians in uh, Russia that want to support Ukraine. We're using Tornado Cash to um, send money to the Ukrainian funds. Um, you know, people in human rights violations areas that need to have their money not covered and seen by the governments there use these things. Uh, people that are donating to charities and don't want to be known as doing it, they just want to donate to the charities. We're using Tornado Cash for that. So um, the interesting thing about this is that they could not name any one entity to sanction or any person to sanction. So essentially they're sanctioning the code and the wallet addresses that interact with it. And that's going to be a really interesting court case 
because um, I think the people at um, Coin Center and others are readying to sue the OFAC on, first of all, free speech rights, um, because uh, defining code as speech, essentially what they are doing is um, regulating, sanctioning a code, right? And they're sanctioning uh, wallets who have interacted with it. And that is going to be a really interesting case. And if, a, a, if this is pursued as a case and, you know, suing against the OFAC wins based on freedom of speech, that is a huge boost for all of crypto. If they lose, then it becomes a really, really bad sign for the space. And it, and it means that the space is going to have to change how it thinks about privacy. Um, and it means that a lot more projects are going to have to be radically decentralized. Because, you know, once this step happens, um, it puts fear in people. So here is here is the list, the responses by projects to this, right? And, and this points to a lot of problems that we have in the space of centralization. Um, so Tornado Cash GitHub was closed down. So Microsoft shut down their GitHub account of Tornado Cash, where all the open source code is stored, and the personal accounts of anybody that contributed to Tornado Cash on GitHub. So they basically... Uh, uh, blocked them. Um, all USDC on Tornado Cash uh, contracts was locked up and the wallets blacklisted by Circle. And then Infura, which is the number one RPC provider, which I've ranted about repeatedly about this bullshit centralization we have with Infura and Consensus and all of this, they're blocking all the wallets that have interacted with Tornado um, as well as the Alchemy platform. And then um, something related to a domain. More um, protocols, though, are also blocking. And what they're doing is their attorneys are telling them, you just need to block anything and everything connected to Tornado Cash. And that means any wallet that's interacted with it. So Aave is out blocking things. Um, you know, there are all kinds of, of repercussions of this happening where multiple protocols are obviously taking the advice of their attorneys and blocking anything that anybody's ever done with Tornado Cash. Interestingly enough, I actually staked on Tornado Cash, Ooh. and those are not on the block list. So, because I can still go to Ave, I can still, you know, it was like a hundred bucks. It wasn't a fugitive. Yes, but but this this is the the long reach of this is is going to have a massive impact on on the entire space, and what it's. The good side of this is that it's going to force everyone to push harder and harder to true decentralization because they've got to get it to a point where there's nobody that can actually be sanctioned. And we've got to have other privacy layers that protect the interactions with the chain. And you and I have talked about Aztec in the past. What were the guys? What's the guys we met at, um, at that show, the privacy Secret. Focus chain. Yeah, secret. yeah, secret. Um, Tor, Tor, uh, what was the CEO's name? Tor something. Yeah, I don't Duh. remember. <laughs> but, yeah, I love it. I wonder if he picked the name or if his parents picked it for him. Yeah, I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, those are all things that are going to get a closer look now. No, because okay. because yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's going to be the only way to protect things like this. 
Now, at the end of the day, the response is, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, why do you care? Blah, blah, blah. Well, here's here, there was an interesting tweet stream thread, and I tried to find it just before the show, and I couldn't find it. But, you know, somebody talked about the fact that it's not just about privacy on Tornado Cash. It's like as simple as if you go to buy something from a vendor that takes crypto, right? They can then look and see what everything else you've bought. And now a profile of you can be built. And then everything that you do on chain is, is that way. We all know that. We all know it's open and not a secret what you're using your wallet for. Somebody has your wallet. But when you go to buy something, you're disclosing that wallet to someone so that they can go check it. So I think privacy is going to be a big part of the discussion going forward. Um, I think radical decentralization is going to get a lot more focus. There are only like three or four protocols that are truly radically decentralized, um, Liquidity and, and some others. I think all of these things, this, this negativity is going to actually push us in the right direction. But the question becomes, what are the other impacts? So this, let me find, doo -doo. this is concerning to me. So uh, Elon, the Elon, Elon verse uh, pulled some data um, and 66% of the validators on Ethereum are all people that are agreeing with uh, the are are adhering to the AOFAC regulations? So Lido, Coinbase, Kraken, Staked, and Bitcoin Swiss are all people who are adhering to the AOFAC regulations and blocking anything related to Tornado Cash. When you have sixty six percent of the proof of stake validators reflecting and agreeing to and adhering to regulators because you know they're not using a decentralized staking operation like rocket pool you also have a problem because then what is a coin i saw another thread about what does a coinbase do right if they are required to sanction and they now have to validate blocks that contain ofc fac sanctioned wallets uh carrying out transactions how do they respond to that do they stay in staking or do they try to figure out a way to actually block transactions? And if 66% of the validators are adhering to those regulations, will they then um, basically block any blocks that come in that are, um, are sanctioned? And so yeah. this becomes really problematic. And they, because it's look, it comes down to the fact that there's too much of this shit that's centralized. Now, Lido, Lido is moving to a decentralized model. And so that'll be a smaller, a, a good percentage of the validators. Rocket Pool is decentralized. So that's not something that can be impacted. But these big ass staking organizations, Coinbase, Kraken, Staked, and Bitcoin Suisse that are all centralized, that's a, that's a real threat to Ethereum to me. A real threat to Ethereum? Well, yeah. I mean, look at this. If 66, if the people who control 66% of the validators on the proof of state network pros merge, yeah, right, are adhering to OFAC regulations, then that means as they would, if they have to maintain it and their attorneys are telling them they have to adhere to these regulations, as a staked provider of validation, they would then theoretically have to block uh, and not validate blocks that... Um, that are on the OFAC regulators list, right? And so that gets to be a real mess because they can't get out of the staking they're in now for at least six months post-merge, 
And at the same time, if they are going to be compliant with the law, they need a way to not validate blocks that are sanctioned. So this gets to be a real fucking mess. Um, so you're talking about in context of the merge situation, the mainnet merge. Once you we think go to full, this could be something that messes that up. Okay. Well, post-merge, once, once these validators are actually validating the blocks coming onto the chain because it's no longer proof of work and they are the staked validators, they have a real decision to make here. Are they going to try it in some way, block blocks being validated as proof of stake validators that are on the sanctioned list that have wallets act doing actions that are on the, on the sanctioned list. I'm going to say that, yes, they will. So um, that's a real fucking problem when they control 66% of the validators. Right. But I think that this is part of the evolution of the market. Um, to me, you know, this is just my opinion um, that, you know, when you see like, you know, say the guidance on for CFTC, you know, in crypto is predominantly about Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, interestingly, it wasn't about all the uh, the other little stuff. It was primarily about the two big boys. So what I kind of see is institutionalization of both of those is already happened or happening. And you're going to have to have the same on and off ramps, I think, in these areas that you do with banks. I mean, as far as, you know, so you don't get, say, um, and I'm not tarring crypto as having more dirty money in it than, say, cash has, because we all know that that's not true. Or banks. <laughs> Most laundering is cash. Banks um, that don't get sanctioned after they've been proven to have laundered money. Well, they get sanctioned, but usually it's not more than what they made. <laughs> so, right, and they're only getting fined. They're not getting sanctioned and shut down, right? No, and then the mailroom guy goes to jail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And nobody else does. And, and, you know, and he has a, you know, a golden thing waiting for him when he gets out, most likely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I think this is, you know, again, then the pointless. Yeah, roll on proof of work. Yeah, so the Bitcoin perspective. Um, I agree. Um, but Well, the same thing could happen on Bitcoin. Yeah, if you get 51, I, I mean. Well, no, the same thing could happen on Bitcoin because if they sanction, sanction wallet addresses on Bitcoin, then those doing the mining are going to be sanctioned to block those transactions. So all and the miners that are public companies, all the miners that are in the U.S. in the U.S. or Western yeah. Europe or wherever, they're all going to have to comply. Exactly. Right? And there yep. are mixers there. So guess yeah. what's coming next? Yeah, I, <laughs> you I know. Let me ask a question. Have they gone after, because when I see the tornado one, I mean, I know there's all the downside of it, but it's just the easy target. Yeah, the exactly. North Korean money going through Yeah, because the North Koreans put their money through it. Because yeah. then you could easily make the terrorism, um, you know, attachments. They're going to nuke North us. Korea, That's why we have to stop them. Drug blah, blah, dealers blah. and cartels and things. I mean, can you really throw terrorism on that? It's a little bit harder. But North Koreans, you can have that too. So to me... You know, and I don't know the tornado cash. Are these people doxxed? Are any of them doxxed? I think I see one or two out there, maybe. Um, so to me, it's the easy one. Uh, <clears throat> but it kind of, I thought you were going to go a little bit different direction on the story with USDC being so involved in all of this. Well, yeah, and certainly. Yeah, it almost look. looks like a surveillance. I'm wondering now with USDC, like I looked at a couple of my wallets and there's no frags of USDC in there, but it keeps showing USDC name. 
So no, that's, if, that's just because you added it to the MetaMask wallet. That's no, but I mean, a lot of times it goes away and stuff. My point is, can these coins, tokens, you know, if they're obviously tracking every wallet they're going through, or sure. you're not able to blacklist the wallets, I would presume. So right. Well, they can just time, look it up on the blockchain. That's easy. Yeah, every time a USDC moves through six different wallets, um, that chain is, is is out there, obviously. So is it is there ways that it's leaving something behind that can surveil wallets? I mean, is there it, it has well, to the, get to some level like that eventually, I'm thinking. The wallets are already easily surveilled, and there are tons of companies providing not tons, there are several companies providing that data to governments and regulators for surveillance. Um the 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 thing with USDC is this is first uh, first what I think this brings up the point of and, and I tweeted out this week is it is way past time for DeFi, DeFi mm. protocols to stop being so dependent on um, on USDC. I mean, it's just ludicrous um, and it's the lazy way out right? That's where all the liquidity is. That's where all the volume has been in the past. And so it's very easy for a protocol or a project to say, well, yeah, fuck it. I got to go. I got to, I got to go with USDC because it's where the volume is. It's where the liquidity is. The fact is though, that, you know, we've known for a long time, USDC has the blacklist. USA, the other side of USDC is it's also the gateway for institutional, right? Yep. So it, it gets them in the door. And it may mean that there is a segment of this DeFi world that is the regulated institutional folks and a segment that is the wild west decentralized side. And that may be how we exist and go forward and live and people cross back and forth if they want to be in a protocol that's institutionally governed. But I will say this, um, Circle came out this week with a call to action and started working with people in the space to say, how do we make sure people's privacy is protected? They're working on things for lobbying and government interaction, et cetera, et cetera. To me, this comes down to uh, the fact that people in the crypto space don't want to be involved in politics. And so when we had the first threats to us last year and at the beginning of this year, and everybody got all excited and called their congressmen, none of them got off their ass and supported the candidates that they needed to support. We had a chance in this election cycle to have an impact, to at least target a couple of the anti-crypto folks and beat them down with money. And we have plenty of money to do it in this space. And nobody got off their ass and did it except for a few leaders, a few influencers in the space. There's a few small packs set up, but nobody got off their ass and did what they were doing. They should have done. The second part is Bitcoin decided to take, a, I shouldn't say Bitcoin. Several people in the Bitcoin space decided to become very prominent speakers about trying to get the regulation focused on Ethereum and other chains and off of Bitcoin. So rather than present a united front to regulators and to legislatures, they tried to create a target to take it off of them. It's gonna come back to them. Um, and so that was the other problem, right? We have this maximalists who don't, who think that they're the only thing that needs to be there. And so they um, stupidly and short-sightedly decided to try to divide things up when in fact the target will come right back to them and the, the easy target on Bitcoin is mining right? That's the easy fear, emotional button to push is climate change and mining. And it's going to be one that people push. They're going to do it. So um, to, my, to my way of thinking, those were the two biggest things is this community better get off their fucking asses and start getting involved politically 
because you do not win this fight without the politicians deciding what the regulatory framework is going to be for crypto. And you do not get what you want as a crypto advocate or a DeFi advocate or a Bitcoin advocate unless you own those politicians and you put the fear in the ones who are in office that the money is going to come to their opponents and they're going to get primaried if they don't if they don't become crypto advocates. That is how you win in the United States, at least. And the United States, unfortunately for the rest of the world, sets a lot of the tone for a regulatory approach. And so to me, those are the folks in the US that didn't get off their asses and didn't contribute to candidates that were pro-crypto and didn't con go contribute to PACs that were gonna beat down on those anti-crypto folks. They're the ones that are gonna pay, we're all gonna pay because none of us did what we should have done, so. Yeah, I mean, look, I always feel like parts of it get institutionalized and absorbed into like mainstream economy, um, securitization worlds, and the Wild West, the frontier is always still out there. So I think everything you're saying is, is right. Um, and I think it's just happening, but I don't look at it as necessarily, I think, as a draconian thing at this point um, to me. Uh, it's just something that's got to happen at this point for, for some of this. I mean, you can't, I don't know. It's just, I, the, the Tumblr one to me, the mixers is something that is really intriguing because I see reasons to do it aside from the political dissidents and, you know, repressed society angles, which are obviously it's a huge value to them. Um, but there's a lot of other ones out there, you know, a lot of other mixers and tumblers. So uh, what yeah. I'm kind of curious about, and I, I, Sean's put up a couple of comments is Monero in mining Monero right now? Are, I mean, I've heard anecdotally that more of that's happening. Um, and I'd be curious, Brad, have you heard anything about that? No, I mean, I saw that Monero did a hard fork last week uh, for yeah. an upgrade and was up 7%. Um, but that's, I haven't heard anything more on the Monero front. Uh, Sean said, good. I'm sorry, Sean did say, and those of us who mix coin, coin join have been fighting the battle for a long time with centralized exchanges not allowing mixed coins. Yeah, um, and that is certainly a problem. Um, and, and it's the same problem that Tornado Cash has. And just really quickly want to say, look, we all understand kind of the motivation of the regulators. Um, well, we think that we hope that the motivation is, is that they really are genuinely trying to stop you know, North Korea being able to do the shit they're doing or terrorists or pedophiles or whatever it is, right? We, we, we hope that that's the true motivation. But the problem is, is that privacy is and should be a fundamental human right, right? I mean, your, your privacy should be a fundamental human right. Your ability to spend money on the things you want to spend money on, write code that you want to write code about, um, contribute to things you want to contribute to should be a fundamental right. And how do you balance that? How do you balance that with the desire to try to stop terrorism or nuclear weapon acquisition? And uh, yeah, I don't have all the answers to that, but I lean to privacy first. Um, and I lean to law enforcement figuring out other methodologies for catching the people who are doing the things they're doing. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my lean. Um, well, anyway, well, Look, you know, um, I think the I, I remember reading or looking at one. I think it's is it it was over on Phantom, and it was somehow tied in with Secret. But you could basically move 
tokens from one wallet to another and break the chain. So they were then in a virgin wallet, basically. But you also still had a forensic record of where it came from that right. you could keep locked up somewhere else. Um, and so that way, when you have to prove source of, so the angle being, let's say you had made a bunch of money and you wanted to set some wallets up for your kids, right. but you wanted to sort of just like you would form an LLC or a trust. Um, and you'd want to break that chain. So bad people couldn't, you know, when I believe in privacy, I believe in, it protects me from the bad people. I'm not really the anti-government person. I'm more of like, you know, trying to stay away from the crimmies. But the idea is that you could break it and then keep the receipt on it and then show where it came from if it ever uh, got in that situation. Um, but I don't, I agree. There's a balance. How do you, how do you solve it? I mean, yeah. you know, it's just like banks throwing more and more rules on uncashed deposits and, you know, you're carrying cash around. It could just be seized for no reason, no call, no probable cause, just because who carries around cash? Yeah. Then you got to prove that it's legit. So Shizzy um, says, crazy that Alex yeah. Mashensky, Sifu, and Doquan are free and a tornado cash developer got arrested. Yeah, I mean, the fact that a developer got arrested for creating this is nuts. Now, I will say this. I saw a couple of things over the weekend um, saying that the charges against him are also related to actual laundering, that they are actually accusing him of specifically having laundered funds, uh, illicit funds. I don't know. I don't have any data on that, any evidence on that, any proof on that. It may just be that they're saying because he wrote the code, he is guilty of laundering funds because he created the engine to be able to do that. But, um, you know, this kind of shit of arresting um, a developer, if it turns out they're just arresting him for writing the code, that's going to that's going to be yeah. being a. Yeah. I mean, that's I, one I, of those I, cases that has to be, you know, litigated. you got to go to trial because yeah. you, or lit, because you can't let that stand. No, I would suspect they probably ran someone at him and said, hey, I've got a couple of billion dollars. I'm from wherever, Central Africa or something or Central Asia, and I need to get it legitimized. It's uh -huh. all free money, of course, you know, but yeah, yeah. Legitimized. Maybe something like that. And then later on, they'd say, well, maybe it's not so clean. <laughs> you know. And all right, let's do it anyhow. Yeah. You know, and that's how they get these guys. But if he just built a protocol and launched it and has not administered or done anything to it, I don't see how. Um, you know, I agree. He's not, you, you fight that one. Yeah. So, and you know, look, code of speech, first amendment, all of that. These are the cases that we as a community have to push hard. And the other thing that has to happen is what I would love to see is, um, every legitimate wallet holder affected also filing suit against the OFAC for, for infringement on privacy and free speech, because, what you know, I talk about this a lot. One of the ways you have to go after regulators is forcing court decisions, forcing decisions in court, and forcing them to fight with their stance and their position because we have to get precedent, we have to get the protections built into it. So, uh, Niblet says, DeFi crypto folks seem to think that decentralization will protect them, so little motivation to do anything. I think he's talking about the politics stuff, and you're, yeah. you're right, you know, ultimately. Radical decentralization, true decentralization, it'll help, but it doesn't solve the problem. We still have to be able to get the regulators into the into the regulatory structure that we need to be able to survive and thrive. And it's not going to happen with decentralization. It's got to be a political fight as well, as far as I'm concerned.
What did, what did uh, Sean say? There's a fundamental and important ideological issue here. Allowing a government to determine if a transaction can happen is just the end of a chain. Totally agree. And it goes back to what I talked about with the proof of stake validators or miners. Um, if sanctions come down on wallets and those wallets are doing transactions that are in a block, um, do these um, compliant, regulatory compliant institutions that are public companies or large companies, wherever they are, are they going to start blocking blocks after OFAC sanctions or other regulatory bodies in other parts of the world sanction? And how are they going to keep up? I mean, are we going to have every country in the world like doing individual sanctions against individual wallets for violating whatever their particular laws are going to be? I mean, it just gets nuts. So privacy tech, true decentralization, and the legal battle are going to be all really critical components. The political and legal battles are going to be critical, critical components. So... You know, it's funny. It's funny because, you know, I'm with you on the privacy thing, but I find it interesting how the generation below me and I guess behind that one, too, has just given away every information they could possibly put on Facebook and put it out there and social media platforms. And there's something in law about once you disclose something in an open forum that it's no longer private. I could see people making an argument that, you know, nothing's private anymore because you already gave it all away um that's what i find so disturbing is that the not us we see we get it <laughs> you know we know about the privacy thing everybody talks it up in the younger generations but they don't get it right they're giving it all away location networks yep. you know, who you hang with what you talk about what you do where you've been what you're interested in every possible thing you've given it away already and so I know we're giving it away to the chinese with tiktok well, yeah, that's that's the latest fight too. You know, of course, that's just a big old data Hoover for them to yeah. understand this whole generation. I mean, the behavioral psychological profile you can do on just TikTok postings and profiles. If, if you, I mean, just Google it; it's out there. But you know, it's just you know uh, amazing, and it's the young person too. So you've got book on them forever. Yeah, you know, how to influence, how to manipulate, blah 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 blah. Sean so, says miners have been sanctioned tens of times. So Bitcoin, no Bitcoin transaction has ever been blocked. That's because they haven't put anybody in jail yet. Just, just wait. <laughs> yeah. Just wait. Mining organizations in the U S I would suspect that they're all doxxed. And if the validator knows in the U S I would suspect they're probably all doxxed. Yep. I mean, you know, they, when you start enforcing on them, you know, they're going to do what they got to do. The bottom um, line is they're going to come for everybody if they're coming for one. And and that's what people need to be aware of, you know? So yeah. uh, Niblet says, so what stops regulators from strong arming a 51% attack by compelling 51% of miners slash validators? Well, I mean, that's then they have to have a regulatory stance that all blockchain transactions, finances, et cetera, are legal. I guess it's possible, but that's a much bigger step they'd have to take. Um, but the fact that it's possible... The fact, the fact that this is something theoretically possible, all of the things we're talking about today, um, should get everybody off their asses and doing what they need to do to protect what's being built, right? I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's, that's what it comes down to. You got to become a force. There's enough money in this space to be a force. So um, between tech, politics, and legal, and decentralization, those are the things that have to happen, so... Yeah, and keep on developing. Keep on pushing the edge. 
Yeah, Sean says the, the 51% attack does not block a transaction. Mining is misunderstood. Yes, we understand. I, I mean, I understand that it doesn't block a transaction. 51% just uh, controls the controls the network. Get it. Totally get it. Um, but, so question. Um, um, all right. So what's Bitcoin market cap is what? I don't know how it looked lately. Maybe 700 billion, 600 billion, something like I'll that. Tell you. I mean, it's not a trillion anymore, obviously. it's Let's say it's 463 billion. Okay, so um, theoretically, assuming no price appreciation when buying, you would need $235 billion to take over the network. No. Because the you price would... would go up, though. The price would go up, so I know that it would be more expensive. But to get control of 51% of all the Bitcoin out there. It would no. It would take a yeah. I mean, it, it's not about the Bitcoin that you have control over. It's the nodes you have control over. The mine, the 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 mining. Apparatus. Right. So if you have like, but if you have fifty, but it would take billions of dollars. Yeah. At the end of the well, day, at the end of the day, it's gonna it's gonna maybe it's, it's gonna really cost not. more than it's worth because you, you're effectively gonna. The only reason you would do it is not for profit. The reason you would do it is to destroy it. No, I'm just saying as uh, you know, I'm not saying I would want to do it. I'm just saying. You know, potentially, what stops someone from going out there and buying all of it other than, I mean, and if they get it, then the 51%, can they do anything at that point? Right. Uh, well, I mean. It sounds like from, it's very complicated. Yeah. I mean, they have to have 51% control. Yeah. Sean's, Sean's saying we need to talk about how mining actually works one day. <laughs> yeah, we what, will, dude. We it's will. not 51% of the control of the supply. It's 51% of control of the miners. And, and, and that the, the, the miners that are man, mining on the network at the time. So it's a much smaller number required, but yeah, Sean, you can come on. But so when you delegate, yeah. So when you delegate your coins, well, I guess you don't even do that there, but um, okay. Got it. Yeah, Spend yeah. 10 billion, get 10 minutes of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge amount of money for no value unless you're trying to do something to, to harm the network that's that's it and 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 sean's point is right just because you have it for just because you have it now doesn't mean you're going to keep it right because all the other miners more miners can come online and take the power away from you so yeah. um the 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 fact is is that um it, it's much stronger because of that and it gives it a lot more control not more capability because you can decentralize the mining currently most of the mining is held you know in several pools and companies, but there is nothing to stop the community from ramping up and competing against all of them. I mean, you got to buy the hardware, you got to have the connections, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, uh, Sean said, I mean, uh, <laughs> Niblet says a restaurants are a cheaper way to control than buying ASICs. Yeah, definitely. And he said, I'm just being salty. Well, that's good. We're all salty today. So anyway, look, I think a lot's going to shake out of this over the next um, several months and years, um, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. But my call to action is everybody get off your ass, and I'm going to post. I'll I'll post in the show notes super packs, packs, and political organizations that you can become a part of. Donate to Coin Center uh, right now. They do great work. They do the research. They'll be the ones helping lead the way on filing the lawsuits. Um, it, it, if there is nothing else you do. Donate to Coin Center and then uh, one or two of the blockchain political organizations that are 
uh, out fighting and contributing and educating. The education part of it is one part of it. I'm all for it. I want to see it. What I'd really want to see all the money going into right now, though, is uh, political campaigns. I want the, the, the most impact we can have is to put fear into legislators about losing and to support legislatures, legislators that will support our cause. That's the most powerful use of funds right now. So. Yep. Same story, different week, right? Yeah. It's always something. Um, look, yes, I, Sean makes the point that pools don't equal control. That's true because pools are actually pooled resources of multiple miners around mm -hmm. the world. So it doesn't mean that a pool has any control um, over the resources or over what happens. It's up to the miners that are in the pool. I totally get it. I think yeah, that's what he meant. I think that's what he meant. I'm in here, not the end. That's that's pretty interesting too. Yeah, totally agree. Um, all right. What time is it? I've got a uh, call in 18 minutes, Joe. So we'll have to, we're not going to get to half the shit. Oh, speaking of privacy though, uh, I encourage everyone, Windows and Macintosh users, I posted this and tweeted this. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, go to privacy.sexy. Uh, it's a great tool for cleaning up the privacy on your own machine. Uh, allows you to download some scripts or you can download their software and uh, clean up your machine and uh, make it more private, protect your privacy further. Um, it's not going to do things like protect your privacy on the blockchain, but it just made me um, aware and thinking about it this weekend. And, and this is one of the tools so that the, I found. Like it's, a registry scrubber, cash scrubber, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. but it also does things like uh, block uh, incoming requests to see IP addresses, that kind of shit. There's yeah. all kinds of things that they do. It's really, it's actually pretty powerful. It cleans up your machine, configures programs, Configure settings within the uh, within your operating system, uh, improve security, and then uh, you can make decisions here about things like whether privacy is more important to you than security. You can change things uh, there, but be careful. Read through the documentation. Um, but this is a really cool tool that uh, that I used over the weekend. So, um, yeah, okay, cool. Privacy.sexy, and I'll put it in the I'll put it in the show notes. Sounds like some of you would look. Never mind. All right, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, the proof of work fork has already lost half its market value in the last six days. Uh, not going to dive too deep into that, but that's a clusterfuck. So, you know, why these people aren't focused on Ethereum Classic if they want to keep mining and building up that ecosystem, I don't know. I think it's just a cash grab. So, you know, and a, yeah. and a way to try to fuck with Ethereum. Um, oh, I don't think we talked about this last on. Uh, so on the 10th, the... Mm -hmm. Gurley Testnet uh, successfully merged. We're at the last stage. Uh, yeah. Predictions now are September 15th was the last one I saw. Obviously, it depends on the blocks coming through, but that merge is, is coming. We're on the last stage right now. So uh, whatever happens, happens in terms of price and value and people staking or not staking. But uh, the time has come, people. We're almost there. What else I have? Oh, Fraxland is about to launch. Didn't even know they were doing it. I haven't been paying close enough attention, but uh, Frax is launching a lending protocol that allows anybody to set up lending pools. Um, and I, you know, if their past uh, behavior is any indication, it's going to be a kick-ass uh, protocol and uh, obviously something that makes sense in their in their ecosystem. Um, and they just keep cranking. So um, there was a lot of discussion last week about uh, Frax's heavy dependency on USDC. Um, Sam came out and kind of argued, well, it doesn't matter if they sanction any protocol, whether it's USDC or not, um, and they can do it. 
uh, everyone's susceptible. But the point is, is there is a ton of dependency there on USDC. So it does bring up, uh, bring up some concerns. Well, you know, there was one another stable. It's interesting is I did see that Tether put out something today, yesterday, um, that they hold no Chinese commercial paper anymore. Right. So right. they put that out because, you know, that this China market's getting ready to totally implode. So they're getting yeah. out of that. And, you know, I don't know what they're moving toward, you know, more compliant, more transparent, more visibility. So I think they're kind of doing the things the regulators want to see, but they're not doing it in a um, in bed kind of way. Yeah. I mean, look, they still have a blacklist capability just like USDC. So, you know, at the end of the day, they're 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 a little less good than uh, USDC, but they're still problematic for the whole ecosystem. So. Yeah, I just like it when they start making moves to, you know, as we saw with like the, what was it, the Terra $45 billion face plant, you know, and the other ones that you got to back this up with real world assets over digital assets, the stable coins, yeah. because yeah. otherwise it just becomes a, you know, a self-feeding loop down yep. eventually, so uh, relative to everything with Tornado Cash, the EU is on the verge of creating a new AML regulator that will oversee crypto. So they're going to have a specific anti-money money laundering regulator in the European Union. Um, so I would expect that out of the gate, they'll come hard with some uh, sanctions and regulations as well uh, on privacy related things. Because look, at the end of the day, all governments have been, sty- have been trying to stop encrypted uh, communications for a very long time. So these battles are not new. It's It's been fought over and over again in the courts. And I expect uh, the European Union will do similar uh, actions. Uh, oh, Galaxy Digital, who we were all uh, thought it was pretty cool that they were buying BitGo, has terminated it because BitGo is unable to provide audit, audit, uh, audited financials. So that one point, I think it was 1.2 billion deal uh, is dead. So Bitcoin is not being acquired. Couldn't provide uh, audited financials. I mean, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Now you wonder right. why everybody wants regulation. Exactly. Why, if you cannot provide audited financials, I mean, right. that's, that's a shit show. Yeah. Well, and there's and a be... top tier firm looking at acquiring them and taking them all the way through term sheet to due diligence and then pulling out. Yeah. So why were you know, I mean, they were just handed fake financials with yep. the term sheet. I mean, that's just well, I, I have no idea what the actual scenario was. And I'm sure they're not going to disclose it. But at the end of the day, if I'm using uh, if I'm using BitGo um, for, uh, you know, storage of my custodying my my yeah. $100 million dollars of crypto, not I'm having second thoughts about yeah. that. Niblet said, "Don't forget, Beanstalk is back up and running again." Yeah, man, it is, and uh, I've uh, I, I've got some. I bought some fertilizer again, uh, so watching some of those returns come in and, and enjoying it. Um, I really hope that the Bean team really gets highly aggressive with the Biz Dev, I mean, and they can take a page out of Frax's book. You know, they are awesome at the Biz Dev, um, and I I really highly encourage those guys to go hardcore. Uh, on the biz dev side of things. Um, AUSD on the polka dot uh, chain got hacked for 1.3 billion in tokens. So, you know, now the price is depegged, blah, blah, quant, do quant. Which one's that? ALUSD? A-U- no, ALUSD is Alchemix. AUSD yeah. is, is uh, 
Akala voted to, to suspend functionality to address the situation, but 1.3 billion uh, taken. So, huh. yeah, yeah. Oh, well. um, ex-president of New York Stock Exchange says Bitcoin will have to be a part of any portfolio. Yep. Uh, good news to hear. Love those people. Thomas Farley speaking out. And let's see. Mark Cuban's being sued for the Voyager shit. Because he used to promote Voyager. Not, I don't think he promoted it for pay. I think he just talked about the fact that maybe he was an investor. I don't know. But he talked about the fact that he uses Vo used Voyager. So, uh, of course, you know, prominent name with big, deep pockets. Uh, some some attorney is going to file a lawsuit. Yeah. So they're, uh, they're suing him uh, for promotion of uh, a Ponzi scheme. Always like a nice knew. one. Always a nice one to get re to receive. Yeah, uh, Do Kwan did an interview um, and uh, did an interview with a, a, a an organization that used to promote Terra quite a bit, um, but he did like a two-day interview. Anyway, I signed up for the free NFT to listen to it, but some folks, Fat Man Terra is calling out the integrity of the interview. Uh, basically, I think he's saying that the interviewer was is compromised. I, I don't know. Uh, but the bottom line is I'm going to take a listen to it. We'll discuss it uh, in a few days after I have a chance to listen through this. Uh, I'm sure revealing in-depth Doquan interview. We'll see. Yeah. Well, you're listening to you. What, what are those Korean boy bands called? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. K-pop? 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 K-pop. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it just seems, it's just, just so ridiculous the whole thing i mean the whole thing is um and that's why you get when this shit happens then here come the regulators exactly you know so it's well, like you give them an excuse you give them a, a reason it's just it, it's just foolish and um but you know look i was on i don't know if you've been on spirit at all lately over on phantom but i spent a lot of time there last oh, yeah. week in the yield farms version two there's some monster yields it's in there and you know we know i mean Assuming everything's going up, you know, Phantom's going to perform like everything else would, I would suspect. Um, when you're preparing with other Phantom assets like Spirit, you know, I mean, I got in at like 1.7 cents and it's back up. It was like 2.1. Now it's 1.9. But there's like some pretty cool stuff in there. And the same with Define. I mean, you know, there's decent yields there. I Again, I, I sold the stuff, but. You know, if it goes back down two, three, four, I'll buy again. I mean, there's money to be made, is my point. Yep. So all the usual targets. Look how fast uh, this new interface is, man. I'm interviewing beautiful. them in the next week or so. They're but trying you know to get their time together. But yeah, these guys are on. awesome. They rewrote this whole thing from 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 scratch. Here's something super cool, dude, is when you add liquidity or you buy it, you swap for a token, let's say, then a little pop-up window comes up and says, What do you want to do with this? you know, add liquidity or portfolio. And so it either goes to your portfolio. If you press add liquidity, it goes right to the pool and you can immediately just add liquidity. And then it's like, what you just got these LP tokens. What do you want to do? You froze up on me, Joe. Boop, 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 boop. I don't know if I'm still talking or Joe's still talking. If I froze or Joe did, let me see. Uh, let's do a refresh on this screen. Nah, it's me. I'm it's Joe. Well, it was great chatting with you, Joe. All right. Anyway, uh, the new spirit swap version is really hot, really beautiful. I'm going to have those guys on mission DeFi and interview them in, um, the next, uh, 
week or so, they're just trying to get their schedule together. They've been a little busy with the, uh, with, uh, with um, building and launching this thing, but this new interface is really nice. Um, and you know, they have a nice uh, set of tools here available for everybody to trade with. Uh, well, I guess I'm going to say goodbye. Yeah. Joe dropped. Listen, folks, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate your participating. Niblets, Sean, Shizzy. I got dropped uh, everybody. Can you hear me? I can hear you now, buddy. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to talk because my phone died, but um, it just looks so much more professional and institutional grade to me. I, I just, yeah, I, I just can't see that not going anywhere, but you know, to on an upward trajectory. So no, it's um, really nice. It's really fast. It's beautiful, beautiful work. So it's just very nice. Yeah. So look at all these. I mean, Geist, you know, is another one. It's way down. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's got like 8 million in TVL, but if, if you think it might go somewhere, it's the only one over there in Phantom like that. that yep. does that kind of stuff. It's survived. It's a decent place to, and it hasn't made the move yet. So it's a decent place. If you're speculating on Phantom to look at that. There's also that mixer over there, I think called Treeb or something like that, or secret, something with secret over there. If you, that's your go just mess around there because that's I think a safe way to do that and keep an audit trail so you can deal with the anti-money laundering people when they come right um but just keep looking at phantom um i, I think there's just a ton of good stuff going on over there yeah um, and, oh look at this oh, F, i'm in this pool through spooky uh but you know look at look at this ftm glcx so alchemix and ftm at 130 percent yeah it's a beautiful thing. There's the, and, the FTM spirit one right now. Can you see uh, it? La, 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 la. It was like 740%. And I think I saw it at like 170 when I last looked. It's not spirit, not that one. It should be down here somewhere. FTM oh. spirit, 55. Yeah, so it's back down to 50. But still 55% when both tokens are tracking up. You know, yep. Remember the problem with these pool, not you, Brad, I'm saying more listeners, is the impermanent loss. Where you know you you can get gashed um, if one moves uh, outside of the standard deviation disproportionately to the other one, like goes up a lot faster, goes down when the other goes up, isn't correlated. You yeah. know that's when you can take some of that. I've never really felt it as much as a lot of people before, but I think right now up cycles. You know I think these are kind of the plays right now, and yeah. these guys. These guys are, I, I don't want to say they're where they're based unless it's public, Brad, because I know it's, it's, it's public. They're all docs. They're U.S. based. They're U.S. based. And so, you know, West Coast, this is one that's, you know, I don't know where Spooky Swap is based, but it would seem to me know. that if Phantom Ascends, this is going to be, you know, it's already the number two one there. It's going to be one of the big plays. And at yep. two cents, how can you beat it? Right. Um, decent tokenomics, um, you know, which I kind of went back looking at that on a lot of these opportunities um, because I think they were in a good period here to trade. Yeah, absolutely. I got to cut out, Joe. Yeah, I got a one o'clock. All right, bye. Hey, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Niblets, Shizzy, Sean. Uh, really appreciate all of you participating today and being a part of it. Thank you for everybody that's listening and watching. Please, if you get a chance, please, please, please give us a rating and a review 
on iP on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's a huge help to us. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, hit the little bell so you get alerted when we have new episodes out. We always look forward to your feedback and criticisms and ideas for shows. Um, you can always message me, B05Crypto, on Twitter or Telegram. Um, really appreciate all of you. Joe, it's great to see you again. I'm excited to be back, and uh, we'll talk uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I'll give you a call later on. We can catch yeah, up. Yeah, give me a call this afternoon. Let's catch up. All right, buddy. What time's your one end? Two? Uh, Two-ish, probably. Cool. I'll call you later on. All right, man. Okay, bud. Thanks. Everybody Bye, have everybody. a great day. Love you. All right, all. You too, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Cheers.